Hello there, you amazing people out there. Welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm one of your hosts, Angel, with Phil Pepe. How's it going, Angel? It feels like deja vu. Uh, all over again. <laughs> all over again. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Amazing Action Comics Podcast. Uh, this is an indie comic review. This is episode 104. And we're kind of getting coming off of a high because we actually just did a previous podcast, which you guys are going to get on Monday with a creator. Yes, a future. We did it in uh, the past, but you'll see it in the future. Oh, man, that's a movie right there. <laughs> we should call it Back to the Future. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Michael Gonzalez from uh, Rainy Road Media was on to promote his uh, new creation. Uh, which looks pretty exciting. I, no, I mean, yeah. some of the art in there was just really fantastic. Um, it's a we, really good horror anthology. I really dug it, and uh, and we only read the preview. We haven't read we haven't read the whole thing, but I was right. into it, man. I was really into what he was putting out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we've reviewed him before, so we had the mm -hmm. six eight book, which is you know a horror book, and that's not my. That's I don't know why I read comics because I don't even have genres. I feel like <laughs> I'm the one genre, but I read all these books. Uh, but I don't gravitate towards horror books, but it was actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, well, I did like that. He, I like that he mentioned uh, he he modeled it after two thousand. Again, that's in your wheelhouse because you're a big fan of two thousand AD stuff. Uh, so that anthology format and that sort of grittiness, I think, you know, uh, is a good carryover. I, I like that he he thought like that when he started. Yeah. This. yeah, there was a big grin on my face as he was saying it. And then I'm remembering that I had to pay a little over $30 for the three Judge Dread mag magazines that came out. Because they don't come out in singles. They're, they're like three issues in advance. And I'm like, holy crap. It, weekly in the UK and then like a <laughs> quarterly dump of them all in the US. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, wait till it turns to like half a, half a year. Then mm -hmm. that'll be fun. <laughs> um, yes. All right, guys. So welcome to another indie comic review. We do have some comics for you. Um, I know that we weren't here last week, and I think Phil has a story about why it didn't happen. So we're going to listen to that first. And then we have a couple of books that we're going to review from the previous week, as well as this week, too. Yes. Yeah, well, last week was sort of, I think, an adjustment, um, you know, uh, on both our parts. Whoa. All right. Whoa, there we go. That's all right. As, uh, That's the truth. That was actually uh, Batman and Superman. They both fell. And, uh, not for they nothing, were holding hands. They were holding hands. And not for nothing, but they, uh, Superman's leg did break off. And it was already it was already broken off. So he was actually just supporting on that. So, yeah, oh, I think there was goodness. some adjustment last week as far as, um, you know, new schedule, the video thing, and all of that. Um, and so, yeah, we had, as you said, we took a bye week last week. Uh, which is really funny because last week there was a, a fair amount of number ones, uh, which uh, was really funny because we were really light on number ones the last few weeks uh, and this week, too, to a degree. Uh, but what I wanted to kind of clarify was what happened the week before. Um, and there's a great moment if you if you watch uh, and listen at, uh, in our last podcast uh, from two weeks ago at about 25 minutes and 50 seconds you hear this really loud, what sounds like thunder, like a rumbling of thunder. And uh, it, your face is priceless. You got to see Angel's face on that because it just, he was definitely shocked by it and, and a little a little surprised as I was, but I chalked it up to the street that I live with just has a lot of rumbling trucks on it. So I just thought nothing of it. And then while I was talking, I noticed a whole bunch of uh, police lights outside of my front door. 
So I was very distracted and sort of losing my focus and keying on that. And the second the, the police cars pulled away, um, that's when I, my, my screen froze. And as Angel brilliantly said, I was lost in time. Um, and uh, yeah, and so, so that was it. That was my, so, so I had to figure out what was going on. And I went outside. It was, it was like a ghost house. There's no, no one there except the aftermath of what happened. And there was, there was, so I had to kind of CSI this, right? There was broken glass in the street and there was wires hanging all over my yard and the yard of the guy across the street. So apparently the big bang that we heard was, uh, uh, I think a truck hit a car in front of my house, pulled over, which is the right thing to do. And the police were there and they did their whole deal and they did their, you know, you know, investigation and whatever insurance information, blah, 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 blah. And when the police pulled away, the, the truck, I didn't have clearance on the side of the road from our internet line. And he pulled the line out of the, you know, the house, knocked out half the gutter like that. So that was also kind of hanging loose and I had to reattach that afternoon. So yeah, so the really crazy thing um, that has never happened before, and knock on wood, won't happen again, uh, especially in the middle of a podcast. So I just kind of, for those that were left hanging with that, um, yeah, no, I was, uh, it was pretty crazy, but it was just a weird timing. So it was probably divine intervention because God knew you were just going to ramble for it was gonna way go too long. It was going to go forever. forever. Once, so, because again, once I went off script, because I was paying attention to the lights outside, like I knew, I was like, oh wait, this is going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to go on for a really long time. So whatever yeah. you were discussing, I had to give the cliff notes. And, we were and you did a great like job. You 20 seconds. Everything. Yes, you did. It yes. was great. So God was like 20 seconds, 30 minutes, 20 seconds, 30 minutes, <laughs> truck. <laughs> Let's go for it. Uh, all right. So that, that, there goes why we went out a couple of weeks ago. And then, yeah, last week, there's some schedule changes and, and adjusting. So I think well, we're adjusted. So I think from this point forward, we should be okay. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be great. Um, all right, cool. So we have a couple of books. Uh, we have titles from the week of March 22nd. We have one title that we both read. I think we both read both of these books. So let, let's have you start. So this yeah. is uh, from the 22nd of March, and this is... Order, Order and Outrage, Outrage a four-issue miniseries from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, this is written by industry veteran Jim Starlin, art by uh, almost industry veteran Rags Morales, colors by Haley R. Brown, lettering by Michael Heisler, uh, and it is edited by Patrick Thorpe with assists by Anastasia Ferry. Now, uh, this is, uh, for those of you who don't know Jim Starlin, you should. Uh, this is the guy who created Thanos. Uh, this is the guy who created Adam Warlock, Infinity Gauntlet. This is the guy who also killed Jason Todd. So this guy has worked in, you know, both with the big two. He is great at cosmic uh, stories, but he's also really good at gritty street level stories. Uh, if you only know his Batman work from uh, the, the, the Death in the Family, I urge you to read what uh, his run uh, for almost the year before that, because he was doing some really good street level crime Batman stuff, you know, and um, I always love his writing. I think he's got a great voice. And again, yeah, he can walk those worlds from high concept sci-fi and cosmic to, um, 
to like I said, really good street level stuff. And a lot of that combines too with a, another thing he did for DC that I encourage everybody to check out called Cosmic Odyssey uh, with early Mike Mignola artwork. Uh, that is like a melding because Batman's in there, but it is a co cosmic odyssey. So that's a melding of both of those sensibilities. And that kind of brings us to order and outrage because that's sort of the same thing. Uh, what you basically have is you have a very future tale um, with a, a, a caste system structure, not unlike the Empire uh, in Star Wars or uh, what we're seeing, I guess, if you're paying attention to what the New Republic has become in Star Wars. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, sort of like a military hierarchy aspect um, and, 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 and a lot of time jumps in this. So this starts... A you know, lot. A lot of time, Joe. So this kind of starts at a place, uh, at a location, not here in a moment, not quite our now. Uh, that's a direct quote. Then it jumps to 100 years before. Then it jumps to uh, a little bit after that and a little bit before that. So it really jumps around a lot. But I didn't find that very confusing at all because each of the locales were... Uh, locales? Each of the, the, the locations were distinct enough that you were able to you know find your place in time in in each of these scene changes which i thought was really good and really helpful um and again you did also have that you know that the setting caption as well uh i thought rags morales's artwork in this was phenomenal uh really some just big beautiful epic you know two-page spreads um and then you know really well done quieter moments um I don't really know exactly what's going on. I know we are following a specific woman um, who at some point uh, does gain these sort of powers, but we are following her from her birth, her childhood, and then in her adulthood living under this sort of um, uh, empire-like order system. Um, so I'm very intrigued. It's a four issue, so it's not a big commitment. My one grievance, I would say, is that it is one of those things that feels like it was a larger work, mm. intended to be an original graphic novel, and then chopped up. Because I do feel like, and this has happened a few for a few books, I do feel like those last couple pages um, are not designed cliffhangers. I'm not, you know, you're, 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 you have something that happens and you kind of have a sense of what's going on, but since the text that is involved is actually in, in an alien language, you really don't know what's going on. And then the way it ends, there's no to be continued or a little button at the end of the, the last page on the last panel. Um, it just, boom, it's just like five pages of ads at the back, no more story. So it really makes you feel like when I initially read this, it really made me feel like there were missing pages. Was there a production error or something like that? So I think that this is something where I really did love the first issue and I'm going to pick up each individual issue. I do feel like this is something that is going to be really epic and clear and engaging as as one complete narrative dude you hit the nail on the head because i got to that last page and then i went to turn the page <laughs> after the ad to continue reading and it was just five more pages to add and then i went back and i just you know how you you, you take the paper and you to keep your fingers to see if there's two pages stuck together. <laughs> yes. I kept doing that because, like you said, there was no to be continued. And, and it wasn't a cliffhanger. 
it wasn't yeah it was yeah it was not a cliffhanger like if the alien language was translated and we understood what was going on because there wasn't any context to that um it's like, just is he an alien how does she read alien language yeah well she's holding something which i'm guessing might be something helping her read that i mean the only thing you get to know is that there, a message was sent for somebody she was not intended to see it right but we don't know what that message was and again like that's a fine ending i feel but if i think just a a to be continued or or maybe a thought bubble from her or something you know to to indicate okay we're at the end of the first chapter yeah uh, it's my, yeah. my, my only grievance about this book otherwise this thing is cool it's it cosmic is. it's human and it's uh, intriguing so okay so yes so the art is good i mean i've, I've met rags a couple times he's a nice guy uh the art is pretty cool I, it's one of the things that attracted me to the book um they could deal without the heavy car stock so they could make it 399 mm -hmm. instead of 4.99 um but it is beautiful though uh and the only other pet peeve i have like jumping timelines i don't i don't mind as long as they're as long as i can ingest them properly so here's here and this is what i'm talking about at a location not here <laughs> in a moment not quite our like, now yeah then you go to the next page a hundred years later from an unknown time <laughs> yes above the planet penetralia now so it's a hundred years from now so we actually have a timeline yeah so the first one didn't make any sense because if it's now and it's a hundred years from then then it should be a hundred years before that that's because it's a cosmic odyssey angel and, and, okay. and it is a place that sits I, mean, I feel like whatever that incident is that we're that we're coming into at the beginning yes. Is, yes. is sitting outside of reality almost you know uh, uh possibly uh, who knows that, yeah you know what that just makes my head want to explode <laughs> and then it goes to then and then before, and then, before. So if it's then and before is it then already before <laughs> well part of it is again you're following her so you could tell by her age like you see when she's born and that was then or no you see her when she's a child <laughs> yeah, that no, was then, don't even try then to before when she was born I, I i i think i get i think i get the timeline and again i feel the scenes are different enough to help differentiate they but are yeah, but the but, timeline doesn't make sense. If then and before are almost the same, because they're both in the past, right? That right. happened then. Right. This happened before. Well, well, Did it happen get, before then? Yeah. Well, three more issues to, to go, and we'll get you know in between <laughs> then and before, and <laughs> almost now, and yes. not quite, not yeah, quite not quite now, <laughs> not quite then. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the only thing. I, if I if I didn't read the, the time captions, then I'm okay because I don't think we needed them. <laughs> um, okay oh that's interesting okay yeah, yeah i got you saying, i, I don't because yeah. the, the lady that we see in the very in, in the very beginning who's dead yeah is reincarnated later on or she, well she's revived a hundred years from not quite our now <laughs> <laughs> all right so order not rage yes if you want to have a good time with this book definitely pick it up uh phil and i read two different stories out of the same book <laughs> so it's great but i mean it looks beautiful the story yeah. actually i think is intriguing other yeah. than those little things that we we pointed out i feel that that adds to the mystery so i'm yeah i'm looking for more of that <laughs> connection I, I like i feel there's going to be more connecting threads there um yeah i got the sense that we were following this girl at various points in her life we see her 
later on, then later on, then at at at, at birth, and then you know, as then before, an adult, and, then, and then as a kid, and you know, and then as an adult again, and then you know, um, on five pages of ads. All right, wonderful. All right, uh, Order and Outrage by Dark Horse Comics. If you want to have as much fun as we did trying to yeah. interpret this book, go for it. Let us know what um, you think. Let us know what you think. Yeah, see what timeline you fall under. Uh, cool. But, All right, but don't tell one. us now. Tell us, <laughs> no, not tell us now. Yes, tell us before and then then. <laughs> All right, excellent. Next book is The Ambassadors, and this is from Image Comics, and it's from our boy, Mark Miller, <laughs> Millar. Millier? It depends on what language you're speaking. Uh, written by Mark Millar. Uh, artist and colorist is Frank Whiteley. Uh, letters by Clem Robbins and assistant colors by Vincent M.G. Dagon. Uh, cool. I mean, if you know Mark Millar, then this is a Mark Millar book for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm currently reading Nemesis Reloaded. Uh, if you've read the original, just as cool and badass and just as cringing as, as ever. Um, on that particular book. And, you know, obviously his famous works like Kick-Ass that got adapted into a movie. Who? Well, there goes another freaking independent movie thing that we got to do down the road. Oh, yes. Um, for that. But here we're, we're, we're here to talk about the ambassadors. So a really cool concept. And it's right on the front um, of the main cover. Eight billion people, six can have superpowers. Um, which six it's going to be? Who would you choose kind of thing? So this is pretty much the backstory to the question that it's posing on the cover. Um, if you don't know Frank Quietly, uh, dude, his art is it's, it's, it's so great. It's, oh, it's yeah. unique. It stands out. I mean, his most famous, you know, work of art uh, had to be what? Um, Super, All-Star Superman? All-Star Superman uh, is definitely, I think, his most known. Uh, yes. But, you know, he did some authority. Yes. Um, he did new X-Men with Grant Morrison. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been all over the place. He's he's such a, an amazing artist. This reminds me a lot of a, another thing he did with Grant Morrison, the three-issue series We Three, mm -hmm. uh, as far as what can happen when technology, you know, intended for good can go wrong, or science intended for good can go wrong. I feel like that's sort of where we're going with this story, right? Yes, so we have a couple of things that are going on in the issue, but basically it comes down to sort of this uh, scientist who was framed by her husband to have her put in jail so that he could take over this project that was about creating superhumans or superhuman serum. Um, and come to find out that he couldn't do it on his own, so he actually failed. And from prison, she was able to actually complete the project um, by downloading her consciousness into another being that is just like her. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's a clone of right. her. So she's downloading her consciousness as she's giving this, you know, presentation to all of these people. And basically what she's going to do is that she's opening it up to the world, not selling it because her husband wanted to get rich off of this, sell it to the, you know, the, the richest country or the highest, you know, bidder in that respect. And she wanted the world to have it. So basically she's inherited these powers herself we don't know what powers they are um as of yet we know that one of them is flying because she can fly uh we yep. know there's other i think there's one like a not telekinesis but more like a a, a tele uh, it would be technology so she's able to like write and send emails um, right. just by thinking them and stuff like that. So that would be, you know, specific to electronics and stuff like that. So I guess throughout the issues, I'm pretty sure it's a Mark Millar book. So it's probably going to be six issues or four issues. Right. Um, so we're going to get the entire story there. 
Uh, but we had some setups prior to that, but that's the main chunk of the story. So we get, you know, this ape-like looking guy at the very beginning who has sort of these powers that escape from this facility. And we have this gentleman that finds him um, and talks him to come back. And we don't know. I don't, I don't think that's part of her organization. I think this is another rival organization and this is going to come out later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had sort of like a middle story that's set up for what happened at the end with this whole plane, you know, finding the secret location where this uh, young lady is. And, I, and I'm not, I'm refusing to say her name because it's Korean and I don't want to butcher it. Um, <laughs> but thinking that the U.S. is going to be the first one to create superheroes um, was funny in the book because they're not. Um, mm. It's actually uh, South Korea. Um, and so she's got this formula and she's willing to give it to six deserving people. Doesn't matter if they're big, small, um, whatever their race, religion, doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's six good people. And so I guess the U.S. government gets wind of this and they're like, you got to be kidding. And it kind of just ends there. Um, and we're going to get to see what happens um, with that. I mean, there's a, there's a really big climax at the end with what happens to her body in prison. And then this new body. I don't want to give away too much, but I enjoyed it. I mean, Mark Malaj just has, he, he goes by the beats of every single one of his stories. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he has most of the time just an opening that has nothing to do with the current story that you're going to read, but it's going to make sense as the story unfolds completely. Then he gives you sort of like an example of how the story is going to be introed and then gives you how that story follows into the actual main story. And pretty much all of his beats of the stories go that way. But what makes it really compelling is that you know those beats are there. It's just what world are you in that he's creating now? Mm. Are, are you going to be intrigued? And, bro, I, I, I was intrigued. I mean, Frank Wiley's oh, yeah. art got me. Um, and sort of like his beats that he set up for the next you know, story, I'm like... Fuck, I, I want this book to come out. I want to read this book. Yeah, it was really cool. I think one of the, some of the things I really loved the most were these very Mark Millarian concepts that he puts out there. So I love the opening scene in Mexico uh, with the Scottish monkey boy. Uh, Scottish monkey boy. Breaking into the refresco, you know, vending machine and just downing <laughs> these colas uh, and then just lifting that truck like, you know, in midair, like using yep. a force almost, you know, um, that 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 bit was great. Um, and then you kind of get a little bit more context on actually who he was and what happened to him later on, which is kind of kind of sad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, again, it just it, it really adds to that world. Um, I also really love the bit about the, the, the Department of Extra Normal Operations or DENO um, and their, their sort of briefing they're having, talking about how they how they faked creating superhumans in the past, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that, um, that that they actually hired an actor to be like a Superman and they, they, they made people believe that a Superman existed uh just by doing special effects and faking it so you know it, it, it to me it was like oh that's kind of like the moon landing you know that the whole yeah. theory that that uh stanley kubrick filmed the moon landing you know for the government uh, and then there's that great line of like oh what happened to this actor that was playing this this superhero uh and they're like what happens to everybody in black ops you know <laughs> and they just move on um and then to find out that the monkey boy was part of uh, something called project bonzo which was, you know, named after one of Reagan's movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just like, like all these little details that Miller puts in are just so good. And it just really does 
open up the world significantly. And it really does um, uh, make you feel, you know, like you're in that, that, that story and in that world. And Quietly's art is so cinematic and so detailed mm. and so expressive uh, that, yeah, it just, uh, it just really pulled me right in. And this is really cool. Um, and I really encourage people to check this book out uh, rather than wait for the inevitable uh, Netflix TV series, which will probably be very good as well. <laughs> but, um, but definitely, uh, yeah, definitely give this book a shot because it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we gave you an oversimplification because there's even more in there, but this is definitely worthwhile. Uh, a pick of the week for me, uh, the ambassadors from Image Comics. Uh, pick it up. You definitely won't be disappointed. It's a really good you know, take on the superhero trope as well. I mean, we, we know there's so many superhero books out there. You know, how do you make it unique and different? Um, and this gives it just a little bit of a twist. Um, just a, it skews off just enough um, to make it really, really interesting. So, yeah, I like cool. it. Pick it up, guys. Cool. Um, it's good stuff. All right, so those are the two books that we have for you this week. I know that last week or the week before, yeah, the last week we were supposed to have sort of uh, our indie comic uh movie review the, the indie movie review which then we were going to push to today which is really interesting that we kind of landed on that because tomorrow is the 30th anniversary of brandon lee's death uh so we thought the timing of that was really good but because we got to shuffle things around we're moving this to, to next month so in a few weeks we'll do the crow uh, yes so april 27th yeah very excited to talk about uh both the original comic and the original movie and i guess whatever developments are going on with this uh remake that just finished wrapping so oh my gosh I, I can't even believe you told me i just i just i refuse i don't think i'm gonna watch it i refuse to i'm gonna boycott it maybe, <laughs> okay, maybe well, i'll really, watch it with like this really quick you know if if the most recent interview with the creator james obar uh i saw still holds true uh this is going to be a a a remake of the comic the original comic uh so it's gonna he's it's sort of like a 300 style right he's they're using the comic as the as the storyboard for the movie so we'll kind of discuss i guess some of the changes yeah, yeah, that yeah. the original movie made uh but this is going to yeah according to james obar at last i saw and i don't know if that's what happened but yeah this was going to be a straightforward adaptation really comic. get ready for a lot of poetry a lot of poetry, a lot of slicing wrists and covering them up with black electrical tape. Uh, and my favorite bit, a guy getting sliced off at the knees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll be fine. All right, so check that out. That's going to come April 27th. Uh, so we got there. All right, guys, so we're getting to the very end of our podcast here. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you click subscribe to the podcast. We're going to try to be here every single week for you guys. So whether or not you have a creator coming on, uh, we'll definitely have the reviews every week. If you are a creator and want to come on to the podcast to promote yourself and or your project, go to amazingactioncomics.com slash podcast. Fill out the form. We'd love to have you on. Stay up to date on everything that we've got going on at Amazing Action Comics at AmazingActionComics.com. And as always, please, 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 please support your little comic book shops by visiting them every Wednesday, which is New Comic Book Day. For all comics, Tuesdays is DC Day or whatever it is. Uh, just go and visit, uh, shop, support them, keep them around for a little while. Phil, where do you get your comics from? Well, I get my comics at The Joker's Child in Fairlawn, New Jersey. And if you uh, really want to scratch that crow itch before we cover the movie, <laughs> boom, we got crow statues. We got a beautiful Mezco 112 collection, collective uh, uh, crow action figure that has 
all the fucking bells or bells and whistles and and even a bass that's like little flame crow from the movie i love it it's really cool and if the six inch scale is too big for your shelf we even they even have like a little three and three quarter inch one too that's really cool uh so yeah at the joker's child in fairlawn new jersey you can find that these books that we talk uh, talk about and so much more so come on by and give us a visit all right, and if you can't visit, make sure you visit your local comic shop. And yeah, those cross sashes are pretty darn cool. Mm -hmm. All right, kitties, until next time, please be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing.